Welcome to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, the weekly unique insight into luxury hospitality around the world by those who know it best. Produced by Allmont Global and in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide. Now is truly the time when visitor confidence and peace of mind need to be restored among travelers. With ShareCare and Forbes Travel Guide Health Security Verification Solution for destinations, hotels and resorts are able to assure visitors and travel buyers of their commitment to health security. As the hospitality industry recovers, Verified frees hotels and operators from costs and time spent updating and maintaining individual and or brand health safety protocols. Verified allows hotels and operators to resume focus on the customer experience, services and property features. And good news is that the promotional offer of Get 12 Months for the price of 11 months has been extended to our listeners until the end of July. You'll find a link on the Allmont Global website. That's allmontglobal.com. Dino Michael is the head of Waldorf Astoria worldwide. He also oversees Hilton's other luxury brands, Conrad and LXR. Of course, when we're talking Waldorf Astoria, he has history going back to the 1931 rebuild of Waldorf Astoria, New York, when it was relocated from its original Fifth Avenue home to make way for the Empire State Building there. And it was built in its present spot in 1931. It's currently looking forward to its 2023 reopening as an amazing 375-room hotel, each room just under 60 square meters or more, and there will also be the same number of luxury residences. And, he says, all the old and former and much-loved public rooms and public spaces from before. And he's so enthusiastic, I became enthusiastic too. He claims that actually his hotels are built for the destination. So New York will have an Art Deco feel to it that is Manhattan and New York for the world. And I am thrilled to be talking to him now about all his hotels worldwide. Dino, Waldorf Astoria is built for and designed for the city. So New York is for New York. At the same time, you have this splendid hotel in the Maldives, which surely is not for the Maldives, it's for people going to the Maldives. A hotel that we think really does define our resort strategy. It's beautiful 121, you know, over water villas or beachside villas. And, you know, the, the food and beverage experience is outstanding. The, the wellness approach really, you know, thinks about the guests who are staying on property for, you know, whether it's five to ten days. But, okay, do you know, I, I hate to be devil's advocate, but you have said to me that Waldorf Astoria in New York has all 
this incredible history going back to when it was rebuilt in 1931 on its present place. Uh, that's history, that's heritage. We look at Waldorf Astoria in uh, Versailles, for instance, which has the history going back to the Sun King time. We we look at Waldorf Astoria in Shanghai, that building on the Bund. Uh, Waldorf Astoria's in the past always had a certain amount of history. Some of your new Waldorf Astorias also will open up with an amazing past. Think of London when that opens. My goodness, with the uh, 1910 Admiralty Arch, a unique property. But how do you then put the Maldives, which is completely new built, into the same category, Dino? We have to give our guests exactly what they want from that visit. I think the, the ideal, the dream of the Maldives, obviously the overwater villas and hammocks, you know, swinging freely in the breeze. I think for us it's about creating that, you know, and amplifying that dream, making sure we've got, you know, that, that overwater experience, uh, making sure we're using that local craftsmanship, that feeling of an island escape, the island retreat, the colours of the, the team and the uniforms we're embracing, I think. And I think more importantly, that Maldivian hospitality, our team members really do, you know, take our, you know, obviously we have our, our core hospitality philosophy within the brand, but taking that Maldivian attitude on arrival, you know, from Mary, from, from Touchdown to Hammock, as I said, it's just under an hour. You can come in and you'll be greeted on arrival with a, with a welcome cocktail. You know, their, their approach to sustainability, you know, the resort is almost completely uh, plastic free. And the GM there, Etienne, really embraces that. And, you know, making sure that our food and beverage experience is second to none. I think you may have visited our treetop restaurant. I absolutely adore Waldorf Astoria Maldives to be able to go into those bamboo cupolas, your own private bamboo cupola, and you have chosen your wine bottle from the wine cellar where you feel it's been there 200 years. When London opens... It has, it will have so much history. How are you going to position Waldorf Astoria, London? Will it be called Admiralty Arch, Waldorf Astoria? How are you going to position that um, in a global category which already has some very fine properties? Admiralty Arch will inevitably be in, in the naming convention. I mean, it's such an iconic building. You know, it's one of our, it's one of the best known buildings in the capital, whether it's your views of Trafalgar Square to the north or views to Buckingham Palace to the south. Um, you know, at, at 96 beautifully appointed rooms, you know, our ownership group have worked closely with a number of interior designers. We've also worked with the palace as well. You know, I think something which is such an icon for the city. I mean, it's a little known fact that the, the central arch is only supposed to be used by the monarch of the day. So we had to get special permission from the palace as we've gone through the construction phase to, to reconfigure the traffic um, through the arches. 
So, you know, just a building steeped in history, it's the official residence of the first Sea Lord, you know, being able, you know, myself to go into that building pre-construction and really tour it, which is such a unique opportunity. It is an incredible construction. When we think that when they built the original Waldorf Astoria, they used 67,700 barrels of cement. And now to get ready for turning Admiralty Arch into a Waldorf Astoria, they are digging underground three levels, aren't they? The work that will have gone on, digging out three levels down to create a massive ballroom, an indoor swimming pool. I mean, it's the equivalent of uh, building Rome again. And of course, as we know, Rome wasn't built in a day and your new London Waldorf Astoria is not being built in one day either, which gives you plenty of time to think. Before the opening of one of your hotels, whether or not it's Waldorf, which is your own particular baby, or Conrad, or LXR. Um, how good is it for you? How easy is it for you to have plenty of time ahead to plan and to think about the kind of people who should be working in it? I'm very fortunate to have such talented colleagues here and we have a number of individuals that are purely dedicated to luxury within our enterprise. But as you said, bringing on the general manager at the right time is key to that. He will be on the ground with us, working with us. And I was very fortunate in that, you know, given the size of my category, I've got all of my general managers' cell phones, we're all on whether various WhatsApp groups and, and messenger groups. But I think making sure you know, that individual, as he's working with our design colleagues, brand marketing colleagues, you know, that strategy begins a long time before the hotel opens. And you're right, we're looking at the guest profile, you know, we're looking at different territories, making sure the awareness is there. I mean, thankfully, somewhere like London, Admiralty Arch needs very little introduction. But, you know, just really making sure that the general manager is at the centre of all of those discussions. You are somebody who looks outside the traditional blinkers. How do you encourage your superb GMs, whatever brand they're working in, to look outside their traditional blinkers? For instance, still in London, if we think of your general manager at your LXR property there, he is so involved in the arts and culture and the theatre, how do you encourage the, the people who are running your properties to look at luxury elsewhere? It's all in the dialogue and, you know, making sure you have a strong relationship. You know, so these are very experienced individuals, again, with, with masses of international, you know, um, awareness and, you know, experience. And I think it's about them once they understand and work with you on, on the brand pillars, our framework, our philosophy, you really want them to interpret that in their own way. And it's trust. You know, they trust, you know, me as a category head to ensure that I'm steering the brands in the right direction. Our pipeline is where we want to be, where our guests wants us to be. And then they have this freedom 
within the framework to really interpret that their own way. Again, you don't want to stifle them. We don't want cookie-cutter hotels. We want that experience to be different in every city that we're in. How do you personally, Dino, look outside the hotel sector? Who do you benchmark with? Not just other hotels. I think I look at the fashion industry, what's going on there. I look very strong at luxury retail. I think they're, they're great at innovation. They're great at, you know, catching the current zeitgeist and interpreting it, you know, in a much more mid to long term view. Um, travel is obviously a key to that, which is something, you know, for me, it's the highlight of the role, you know, being able to travel and, you know, uh, listening to team members. You know, our on the ground team members, you know, they are our most valuable partner in this, you know, making sure that, you know, their voices are heard. One of the first things I always do when I visit a hotel, the first lunch I have with the general manager is in the team and the cafeteria. Because for me, that's where the action happens. That's where I want to say thank you. And that's where you probably learn more about your business than anywhere else. And the food is probably superb. You know, I hate to say this, but sometimes the most memorable uh, items that I have in any property is really simple food. Um, you have Gordon Ramsay as your partner it, it, in Versailles. And when I go to heaven, Dino, I want Gordon Ramsay's onion rings. They're out of this world. And somehow they're always served by somebody with a big smile. I am fascinated that you're talking about Japan. I love Japan too. Somehow the Japanese know how to serve with a certain amount of humility and thoughtfulness and kindness. And I heard the other day somebody saying that Asia has a big advantage when it comes to running luxury because the people serving do it with a natural inbuilt humility and thankfulness. You have so many properties in many countries in the world. How easy is it for you with your three brands to give that same amount, that same degree of superb service, not in Asia? It all starts with the introduction to the company. I think there's a, there's a duality of whenever you join one of our luxury hotels, you are both a Hilton employee and a Scoria or Conrad or Alexar, you know, team member. And I think making sure our team members, again, understand what we stand for, you know, um, Conrad Hilton, obviously called, once called the World of Story in New York, the greatest of them all. And, you know, and he's very famous, you know, it's our responsibility to fill the earth with the warmth and light of hospitality. I think really, helping our team members understand what hospitality truly is and making them feel family. You know, we are we are one big family. And that's probably something I hear over and over and over again, is how when someone joins Hilton, they join a family. And whether they're here for a year, five years or 20 years, that sense of community and connection never ever leaves them. And that's something I think I've learned over the last 13 years with the company is no matter what happens this will always be my family. Hilton people are incredibly loyal 
They seem to stay for a long time. I have the honour of being on a couple of advisory boards with some of the former Hilton people, and they've been with you for decades. They haven't necessarily been in Waldorf Astoria or Conrad or LXR for ages. I'm seeing your great enthusiasm shared between the traditions of Waldorf Astoria and the fun of Conrad and the unique one-off offerings of LXR. Do you wake up in the morning and say, today is tradition day, I'm going to think of Waldorf, or do you split your thoughts into three, Dino? Well, firstly, I love how you articulate our brands. Thank you. It's it's great that you're just as passionate as I am about them. Um, It it depends on the day. I think we all wear three or four hats every single day. And I think for me, it's about, you know, whoever I'm speaking with, you know, embracing that particular brand at at the time. You know, again, I'm very lucky. There are days when we have to really think about, you know, we've got some strategic um, projects where you really have to think about the brand in isolation and really think about what's best for this brand. Um, I think they're probably the days where they're really rewarding, where you sit there with a group of people, you know, and we're we're ideating and and thinking about, you know, this particular brand or this particular project. Um, It's... Every day is different. I think that's the glory of the job. Every single day brings a new challenge, a different dynamic. No one day is the same. Dino, if we look at brands of the world, number one is Porsche, the most valuable luxury brand at the moment. Number two and number three are both fashion brands, Gucci and Louis Vuitton. Dino, you are in charge of Waldorf Astoria. You head all three of Hilton's luxury brands. What is your personal goal on the professional side for the next five years? Really to grow our brands and create three very distinct portfolios. I mean, there are still so many places where we are not present, which I'd I'd like to obviously remedy and and, and move forward on, I think, to build out the, continue the the resort story for our brands. I think that that's an area where, you know, we we need to be much more prevalent and stronger. Opening New York, I think is going to be up up there at the top of the list. I think really, you know, being... Again, I see myself as a steward of the brand right now, and if I'm there when we reopen, that will be amazing. I think that's something I've been on this journey for almost a decade. You uh, are probably, you're probably already planning what colour shirt you're going to wear in, in 2023, Dino. Well, thank you, Dino. It's just a joy listening to you and talking with you because we always have so many things on our future list to discuss, to see what's going to happen to luxury, to see what's going to happen to food and so many other elements that make up a luxury as opposed to just a commodity experience in today's global travel and hospitality world. Now, we're coming up 
Yes, believe it or not, we're coming up to the first anniversary of Mary Gostelow Girl Ahead podcast. And next week, I will be celebrating our first birthday. I will be doing the talking and I'll be picking up ideas and uh, questions that you all have. So if you have anything that you want to ask me, send it to me quick and I will try and weave it into the many points I'm going to be covering next week. Thanks for your support over the last 51 weeks and see you next week. Can't wait. Bye now. During these strange times, many in the travel and hospitality industry have been thinking about how we can make a difference in the so-called new normal. Everything's changing. It's also been a time to rethink and renovate. It's time to tell a new story. But just what is your story? How will you be telling it and to whom in the coming months and years? Markets are changing and so must we all. It'll be vital to get it right. And for that, Ormont Global has a unique dream team to help you. Drop us a line if you'd like to know more at almontglobal.com. That's A-L-M-O-N-T global.com. You've been listening to the Mary Gostolo Girl Ahead podcast, produced by Ormont Global and in partnership with Forbes Travel Guide. Join us next week for another exciting insight into the world of luxury travel. And don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about the show.